The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Three thirty-nine on the six thirty Chet afternoon news. When we last left off with uh, John Zadig, Ward Three Councillor Eric was on the phone. Uh, you can uh, talk to the councillor as well. Four nine six zero zero six three. Eric wanted to talk, I think, about the LRT. Go ahead, Eric. Yes, thank you very much. Um, all the bills are paid, so let's talk a little bit about um, <laughs> the metro line. Like, I don't want to talk about the fact that it's slower than molasses and that it's not working properly. What I'd really like to talk about. And what I'd really like to have somebody, uh, especially in council, take a look at. And I actually challenge you, uh, Mr. Councillor, to, especially considering that school is going to be starting here in pretty much a month, uh, Nate, Northwest, and um, uh, Grant McEwen, um, nobody seems to know the legal capacity of these cars now. I... I'm lucky enough to, I'm being re-educated by the Department of Defense, and I know a lot about security, and between 07 and 0820, it is absolute pandemonium. Those cars are overcrowded to the point of being dangerous. I've talked to uh, a captain friend of mine that's in the Edmonton uh, Fire Department. He doesn't know the legal capacity. I've talked to Nate Security. They don't know the legal capacity, and I even talked to the uh, transit police saying like do you not see the danger in this when people are literally fighting and cramming to get in those cars I mean if anything were to happen God forbid whether it be a, a, an accident or a fire or I don't even want to say that the word about you know uh, mm-hmm. crazies yeah. getting in there but I've been all over the world and I've been on transit systems in cities that had millions of people and it's, I have never been on a transit system between 07 and 0820 where it is like pandemonium like that. Like it's, it's really scary. And I don't know uh, if the city knows anything about the danger that that, um, that what kind of danger that, that uh, I don't even know what to say. Like it's, yeah, it's Eric, scary. I think I... It's, it, it really is, Mr. Councillor. It's scary. Like people are literally cramming and cramming and cramming doors are shutting people are screaming and blah 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 and it's like do we live in a civilized country or not like i think we and and we need to educate people a little bit more and we need so a little more policing down there because it's one of these days there's going to be uh, an accident or someone's going to fall off the train. It's, it's just, it's nuts. It really is. Okay, it's a great question, Eric. Let's uh, let the councillor answer. Yeah, um, okay, thank you. Thank you. So, Eric, uh, it, yeah, what you described does not sound like a pleasant situation. Um, but we got to recognize that we do operate our LRT safely, which is one reason. I know you weren't talking about the, the speed issue, but we're operating the train slower because we don't. We have to have full confidence that it's uh, being operated in a safe manner. Likewise, with the capacity and we we don't overload people although like people can keep trying to squeeze themselves in but the cars are designed with proper egress and emergency alarm systems within them the platforms are designed to relieve people in an emergency if they have to get out and there's opportunities if there well, was an incident I, uh, mr yeah. counselor I, I i really don't agree I, I i challenge you to go down there uh starting september 4th i i challenge you to go down with a coffee 
and uh, and and go downtown and uh, at Churchill and just sit there and watch between zero seven and zero eight twenty, and you'll see what I'm saying. Well, let me ask you a question. This is an idea that I floated with um, some other counselors previously. Okay. What? So, in a typical LRT train, there's several cars. If one of them, if all the seats were removed in it, and it was designed for a standing only with proper hand straps for people to grab onto, um, we could increase the capacity, and then those choosing to be in that environment would go to that car. And if you really want a seat, and of course there would be a seat set aside for those that need to sit down, those would be in different well, yeah, cars. Like especially for me, because I, I have a disability. I, I got wounded overseas. I have a service dog, and and I was wounded. So I, I do need to sit. Most of the time, I don't get that opportunity. However, I just go at zero six when there's nobody there. Yeah, and but so, no, I, Eric, then... I think, I think that's a really, really good idea, Mr. Counselor. I really do. Thank you. And I'll look into that further because that should be fairly easy for us to retrofit uh, one subway car per train to just have those that want to stand to to stand, and then we'll have more capacity elsewhere on the train. I also just want to say that once we get the metro line up to full speed, you know, this the issues happened before I was elected, but we're doing what we can to uh, try and get it at full speed. Then when we have more cars on that route, there will be more capacity yeah. in that way too. Absolutely, but in the meantime, we need we need to do a bit of a bit of patchwork. You know, that's all I'm saying. Like, Sounds good, I, Eric. I, I, I've got to take some more calls. Um, uh, appreciate oh. uh, your uh, listening and calling. I uh, did uh, I did have a question sure. for you, John. Just on while we're on Metroline LRT, do we have any sort of update with this notice of default? Can we expect an, any progress in the next few months? Is council pushing for anything right now? What's what's going on there? Right now, there's a lot of issues and. I hate to say that I can't talk about some of them, but me being a rookie counselor and being advised by our law department, and uh, I, there's there's stuff that we just can't talk about publicly because it could jeopardize our, our bargaining uh, position. But I think Edmontonians should know that, of course, we have the best interests of taxpayers in mind. And quite frankly, we are embarrassed with what's happening with the Metro line. So we're looking for any avenue uh, to, of relief here and ultimately no matter how we get to it we need to this train to be operating at full speed and regular capacity and and not interfering with car traffic the way it is everything about it needs to be fixed and we want that to happen the reason i bring that up is just because even this was two or three years ago when it had just started functioning i had to go to the hospital in an emergency in an ambulance and the ambulance thought that it was going to just cross over at kingsway and within about 50 feet, I could even hear out of the back of the ambulance that the arms started to go down. And in an emergency, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. This has been years in the making. And I know the council is embarrassed and pushing. But, you know, for, for an everyday Edmontonian, for someone that's lived here for three and a half years, and there are people that have lived here for decades, this finally does need to solve itself here at some point in the near future. Yes. And... I hope that we're not making the same mistake at the Grey Nuns, Nuns Hospital, although it's a different type of LRT. I'm very sympathetic to what you're saying. From straight land use planning, and I'm an urban planner, I don't think that an LRT is an appropriate land use to be adjacent to a hospital emergency room. And while I don't know the dispatching schedule of the ambulances, I would suspect that they've, they're now opting to take a longer route around. And uh, that adds time to for, for travel time for an ambulance. And in an emergency, I think we all know that every moment is crucial. So... Um, I, if I was on council at the time when we were choosing that route, likely I would have 
tried to exercise a different option while recognizing that that part of the city needs LRT servicing and it, it ties in nicely with Blatchford. So it's a tough one and um, again, we're looking at everything here. So I, I would say nothing's off the table. We need to uh, take a break here. And by the way, you might not know this uh, when listening to John Zadig talk, but he does actually hold a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and a Master's Degree in Planning. He's a, a member of the Alberta Professional Planners Institute and the Canadian Institute of Planners. He knows of what he speaks. We'll take a break when we come back more uh, with John Zadig. If you want to join the conversation, 496-0063. And we've got uh, lots of people want to talk to uh, Ward 3 City Councilor John Zadig. Uh, before we go back to the phone lines again, and we're almost out of time, uh, one issue that hasn't come up yet from our texting page or our phone line is uh, the chemicals that were used on the city streets last year to deal with snow. And I know at the time, maybe people aren't thinking about snow right now, but at the time we got a lot of feedback on that. And the feedback initially was that it was making the roads slipperier. And then subsequent to that, I know last month at uh, Council's Community Service Committee meeting, uh, there was a chemical engineer who stepped up and said it's actually causing corrosion, not only in the vehicles, but in the garages, and that something organic like beet juice would be a far better substitute. Um, is the city still looking at how they're handling this? Are they going to use that chemical again this, uh, this winter? Well, first of all, I'm supportive of any innovative idea that our city administration might have based on best practices elsewhere. So when this idea was first brought forward to us, it seemed like a good idea. The information the council had suggested it was almost a miracle product that would, you know, cost less, be more effective. Yeah, it saved all the four things, and a half million, I think, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, all the yeah. stuff you look for. But if the city's saving money, but private citizens are now paying because their cars are corroding uh, before end of life, if their garage floors are being impacted, that's a huge red flag. So while I'm not on the committee you referenced, ultimately this will come before city council and I'll really have to weigh the pros and cons of this product. I could be supportive of a more concentrated pilot project, so not, not more concentration of the product, <laughs> but maybe just in... in <laughs> yeah, I think it's concentrated <laughs> enough. Clearly yeah. define that. Yeah. Because ultimately we need to study this more and there's been, while well, we hear of a lot of the negative aspects of this product as, as we just did, there's also um, been some positive results as well. But ultimately I, I default to standing up for the citizens that are, you know, paying a lot of taxes and they expect their roads to be cleared in a proper way. But the, the clearing of the roads or the clearing of the ice and snow shouldn't impact their personal property. So this is a tough one and it's timely to talk about this now because we're going to have to start thinking about our winter maintenance schedule. Got that so right. I'm, if if there's a side that I'm leaning on, it's a side towards uh, reduction of this product. All right, so we've got at least four more people to want to talk to you. We've only, however, got about seven minutes left. So if everyone could keep their comments to a minute or less and give the councillor a minute to respond, that would be fabulous. Kelly, you're up. Go ahead. Hey, John, just want to say uh, thank you for all the good work you've been doing in the north side, especially with the Bulmaris Lake uh, revitalization. Hopefully that can come soon and, and look forward to seeing that. But quick question regarding Castle Downs Hockey Arena. Uh, just an update or what's going on with that. Yeah, good question. I, I'd asked myself that question when I first got elected because it seemed <laughs> like it was under construction for a while, as was uh, the fire station across the street. But I, I did just get confirmation that it's almost good to go and there will be booking ice times, I think, for, for early November so that it will be fully operational. Well, um, there will be news releases when that just prior to that, but it's definitely on schedule, and fortunately, I believe it's on budget as well. So I look forward to that being open. That's a great amenity on the north side. 
On awesome, schedule yeah, and I, on budget. What the? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What happened? What, what city is this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. Uh, since you, since you've uh, came to office, I've just seen a lot of improvements up in the Castle Downs area. So yeah, whatever you're doing, continue. I guess doing what you're doing. Oh, Kelly, I really appreciate that. I thank you for for noticing. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the call, Kelly. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening as well. Let's head over to Cam. Cam, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I know this isn't your area of town, but uh, when the LRT was brought up with the metro and all the delays there and the safety issues that creates, with the current valley line, with the big issue at on 82nd Avenue at 83rd Street, seeing how that's the main artery to the University Hospital from the east side of town. Uh, when are we going to fix this on-grade issue and either elevate it or depress it so that we're not killing people? Very good question. So first of all, with LRT construction, one thing that frustrates me is it seems that council is presented often with uh, the route of least resistance, so it's all at grade and you know all the traffic studies that we see make it look like it's a good idea. But then once we get closer to construction or start construction, constructing, then it comes out, oh, well, maybe we should, you know, this is really going to impact this intersection. So let's raise it up and that will cost 100 or $200 million. To me, that's unacceptable. We need all the information up first properly. And while we recognize that LRT is a, a mass transit tool, also a lot of people still choose to drive and bike and walk. So we can't just have LRTs cutting through communities where it, it really impacts other modes of transportation. So Again, I'm going I'm to say this was decided before I was on council, but regardless, I'm a councillor now. Uh, one thing that I can say to address this is that uh, for the West LRT that the route was just proposed, which is really an extension of the Valley Line LRT, I made the case that we should hold off for a few years before we get into detailed design, but my fellow councillors wanted to proceed, and so now we have a chosen route down Stony Plain Road, and there's already a lot of issues being identified with that route. Um, what I wanted to see is is how the valley line going to Mill Woods would impact certain intersections first. So 82nd Avenue and 83rd Avenue, as you identified, are problem spots. I'm sure there'll be more prior to the operation of the LRT. And once it's actually up and running, I'm sure we'll even notice more. So how I would approach LRT building, if it was up to me, is... Uh, when we carry on this line west from downtown all the way out to West Edmonton Mall and Lewis Farms is we would study honestly what, what went wrong and, and what went right with the value line LRT. So I hope my answer is uh, satisfactory to you. It's it's that I know you're, you're asking for more money for grade separation for the LRT to operate efficiently well, and delay, safely. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, when we have the manufacturers of the portable defibrillators at showing studies that for every minute that access to those is delayed, you're increasing the risk of death by 10%. And we've had the city's own people come forward before the final vote was made to say that there was going to be a minimum seven and a half minute delay on 82nd Avenue at 83rd Street. And being a born and raised Edmontonian for over 50 years, there is no way to circumvent that route. So uh, you will literally be costing people their lives. And the problem I have is whether that decision was already previously made or not, 
as soon as you put that in operation, you are putting the safety of Edmontonians at risk. So either that needs to be delayed until we have the necessary money, or that money has to be found. Cam, i got to stop you there because we're almost out of time. We've got tons of other callers, but I'll stop you there, let the councillor answer real quickly. We'll see if we can get one more call in after that. Um, yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's a good point that you make. Um, it's similar to what we were just talking about on Kingsway Avenue to get to the Royal Alex. It's similar to how I mentioned that I have some concerns with the, the Grey Nuns Hospital. Ultimately, though, you know, a larger city needs mass transportation. We just have to be careful with what routes we choose, and I don't think LRTs should really go that close to hospitals. And, uh, well, in this instance, this is is the case. There's also alternate routes to get there. So, we'll, But we'll look for measures to make sure that everything is safe. I've got time for one last call. If we can do it in 30 seconds or less. Shirley, I, I know you've been holding for a while. Go ahead. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one, I know what, we're short on time. This is a shout-out to Aaron Paquette. Uh, also, a uh, reminder to all Edmontonians, um, I had a list of problems that started with the handicapped parking. Wrote a letter to Aaron Paquette. He responded immediately, went to his office. and I, he, I work right alongside Aaron, and I, I think okay. he's an outstanding counsellor. Yeah, well, this is, and I would say you would be the same way, but just so Edmontonians know that you guys are approachable. Sounds good, Shirley. I'm glad you made that point. We certainly have never had a problem getting counselors to come on the show or talk to us. Uh, so we've had the same experience. John Zadok, Ward 3 counselor, thank you so much for doing this again. Oh, it was my pleasure. We should do it on a regular basis because okay. the listeners love it. So we'll schedule another, uh, another time with you. Right now, though, uh, let's take a look at news headlines. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.